Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Chris, what are we listening to? Uh, Ten Fingers, Eleven Toes by the Chicago indie band. Uh, not a Garner Records, Memphis Garner Records band, but Garner Records adjacent band. Ah. Um, uh, that's going out to the Grizzlies who hit got their 10th straight win yesterday. They'll be going for 11 tomorrow. Do I get Robert Smith vibes from the singer? Maybe. I get some, like, uh, late... It's obviously more fun than The Cure is. Obviously. I get late 70s New York. Yeah. Ramones. Yeah, 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 you know. yeah. I was freaking out a little bit because the channel mix is like yeah. all left and then it's <laughs> pretty wild. Yeah. It's yeah, good. when they when they wire it that way. <laughs> yeah, I guess some CBGB vibes. Yeah. I can I can I can buy that as well. Grizzlies pick up their tenth straight win. So a couple of things that I think let's start with. I guess let's start here because this is I think the most fascinating big picture question. At what point do we start to consider is the three-point shooting like a real marked improvement versus just like how how long can we start to say you maybe can trust this? Oh, I think you know I, I think with Desmond Bain, I think he's done enough to show that he can that he he can be effective again, and so you believe him because he's one of the best three-point shooters right. in the league on the planet, <laughs> right? And, and so. Um, you know, it's like the jaw thing is like, do I trust that? It's going to happen tomorrow? No. Right? I did say, I, I feel very confident saying this. If jaw averages five for eight from three, right, right. the Memphis Grizzlies will win a title. So to me, look, the jaw thing, I I assume Desmond Bain's a good three-point shooter. I assume Ja Morant, until proven otherwise, is going to be an inconsistent three-point shooter. Um, and so to me, it's more the rest of the team is the question. Um, you know, Roddy knocked down a couple that game. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't. Not necessarily depending on that in the playoffs, so I think I think everything's a mystery. But Desmond Bain, I mean, when you think about playoff basketball, even Jaron, who's been you know, a lot of people get mad, got mad over the years with Jaron shooting threes. He's now taken over a thousand, and he's like a thirty-five percent three-point shooter, and like he's thirty-seven percent this season, and like I think he's a good three-point shooter for a big man. Um, but Bain's the only one that to me is like an ironclad. Like I trust this. How important? But I do think, that, to your point, there's upside there to be good for stretches, and that stretches could happen like in playoff series. Well, like I start to think about it. Okay, I'm I am somewhat a believer in the eye test right. to a certain degree, and I understand that these guys go through ups and downs. But like the way Tyus Jones shoots the basketball, yeah, I don't have a problem with Tyus shooting. Threes. I think Tyus after Desmond probably second most reliable guy. Yeah. I'm getting closer to putting Santi in the category, and I'm wondering, though, is it just because of how pretty his finish is? Well, Santi has never played real playoff basketball. 
Fair. And so you look at Asante Odama, never played real playoff basketball. David Roddy never played playoff basketball. Uh, John Conchar played, got his first real taste last year, wasn't very good. Um, you know, Zaire Williams, year two. And, and to me, it's those guys in the context of playoff basketball you you worry about. What is it about the third quarter that, that that's made them so good? Because obviously, like when you, you go and you look at third quarter scoring, Ja is, I think, top five in the league in, right. in third quarter scoring. But is there anything markedly different in the third quarter that has made them so good? Well, I mean, I think the way they construct their rotation – they play Ja most of the first and third quarters. And so getting like, you know, 10, 11 minutes of Ja versus five or six minutes of Ja is probably, you know, it tends a, to make you a, better. A, a meaningful thing. In terms of why it would be different third quarter versus first quarter, when you have more of an apples to apples comparison in terms of the rotation, to me, that's an interesting question. And, and I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's halftime adjustment. Is it halftime refocusing? Like, you know, that that I don't think they're doing they do anything differently in terms of how they play, but maybe they come out with more I don't know, for whatever reason they 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 come out with a little more a little bit heavier foot on the gas in the third quarters. The only explanations that I've been able to have have been psychological. I think yeah. sometimes first quarters, you know, there's maybe a pacing element. Right. And then I do think that they believe we can knock teams out in the third quarter and yet again like you said it on Twitter, like maybe he thought it was going to be a close game, and the third the third right. quarter it was like game was over. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that third quarter, and it ended up it, it was not as quite definitive in the last two or three minutes. You know, it closed the gap a little bit, but for like the first, we just had thirty something points with like five minutes to go in the quarter, basically. Yep. Um, and so, like I, I characterize it as a as a that was cute third quarter where it's a it's a three point game at halftime, and you know this same Suns team beat you a couple weeks ago, and they're hanging around, and and that was a nah, not not the, not tonight. Before even the third quarter, my thought was the Suns were in trouble when I felt like they had clearly outplayed the Grizzlies right. in the first half, and the Grizzlies went to the locker room with the lead. Like to me, like that was like, ooh, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and you can sort of see it coming with Ja where, yeah, they're going under screens and he's taking a bunch of threes and he happens to be hitting them. But, like, if he needed to, he could get to the rim. He was going to get to the rim. And that's, that's what happened in the third quarter. He was like, okay. Like, I, like, like I, I saved some wear and tear on my hip. Like, you know, I paced myself and now, now I'm coming for your throat. This has been a question that I've kind of struggled with. And so I, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Obviously, we need to acknowledge this has got to be the most we've seen the starting five in two years. You know, the presu- the same presumptive starting five. Yeah, I, you know that's a good question. I, I, I was looking at a lot of stuff this morning. I think we I did, saw them seven games last year total. I think ten in the regular season, ten yeah. or ten or eleven. Um, but to your point, not much. And I think they've probably already hit that now. Um, that's I looked at a lot of stuff this morning. I didn't think to look at that. That's something I need to look at again to see where they're at with that. I mean, the, the stats have been floating around about when Bain plays or like eighteen and five or whatever. I do know this: since his return, if he hits a three, they're undefeated. Right. I hope everybody's sitting down. And so, I mean, my my main, my main thing. I wrote a column off last night, and, and it's sort of a hard thing to do because you get the MLK day, and you know, to me, dealing with that and dealing with the basketball, it's kind of hard to put them together. And right. I kind of tried, but. To me, my takeaway from a basketball standpoint last night what wasn't just, you know, 10th straight win, for second, second double-digit win streak in franchise history, one off the record. Um, it was that the way they played last night, maybe more than not only any game in the streak, but any game all season, was sort of like if you were going to draw up on the, on the blackboard, what is your ideal 
version of what this Grizzlies team should look like, it was last night. You take that box score, that's what you want the box score to look like if you're a Grizzlies. You want to see John Morant and Desmond Bain carrying the offense, both being great. You want to see Jaron as the clear third guy offensively and wreaking havoc on defense. And I thought after kind of a slow start, he stuck with it. Like, that's yes. another thing that yeah. I think's a big improvement. Right. You want to see, you know, Dylan Brooks being efficient. But Dylan Brooks stepping back in the pecking order offensively and being efficient, like less but better Dylan, which you know, he's like four from eight from the floor, right? It wasn't, you know, two of, you know, three of 12 or whatever. Uh, one turnover. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? So the pecking order seemed right in terms of the offense. Who was who was driving the offense and who was driving the defense were the right people. Um, off the bench, like Brandon Clark, you know, you want him heavy points per minute, high efficiency, just come off and like, and just like, you know, pure sugar rush. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then you want the rest of the role players to like be good role players. And like, and as a team, you shoot like 40% from three. And so you're not going to check every box every night, but that was a, that was a game where they checked every box. And that's kind of been the, the issue that I'm struggling with is how much of this is. Listen, they've got the guy. This is the roster they wanted right now. Like, this yeah. is what they, they've got everybody healthy and they've got everybody, to your point, playing pretty well. Right. How much of what the results that we're seeing is that versus, I mean, we haven't really seen like a great measuring stick game. I mean, I, they just yeah, feel like to me like they're just beating over match teams. And so it, I can't yeah. really take anything. No, that's it. right. It's both. And maybe we'll get a little, we'll get a better look tomorrow night um, yeah. with Cleveland. Of course, Donovan Mitchell had an injury issue last night. So I don't know what his status is going to be in the game. Even without him, that'll be a step up from these teams they've been playing sure. lately. Um, but, you know, I was looking at it this morning in terms of, you know, Memphis and Denver. Memphis has won 10 in a row. They can't shake Denver because Denver, you know, won't stop winning either. And, like, the same night, I think it was the same night, maybe it was the night before, but the same weekend that John Morant had that highlight dunk, which, like, shook the world. I don't know, man. Jokic stepped back three to win a game. Was, and he acted like he just, like, acted like it was a, the, the shot didn't count. Just a casual, like, step back, you know, dagger to win a game at seven seven foot. And I, I looked at it, Denver is – the reputation is like, well, Denver's bad defensively. They're up to 16th on the season over the last 15 games. They're second defensively in the league. And so and it'll be another month, more than a month before those teams play each other again. And so, I, I to your point, I would like to take this, this stretch we've seen from the Grizzlies and apply it to higher-level competition, which they will do not in every game going forward, but it's about to start ticking up. And then I also do struggle with the the overall question of, well, what's it matter? Like whether I mean, in the end, you you play the schedule that you play, and the playoffs are going to ramp up no matter what. Right. I do think you would. I do believe you'd rather be tested and seasoned going into the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like it's going to be a seven game series against the same team. Yeah, I do wonder. And I said yesterday that like seeding doesn't matter as much as as health and matchups and all that in the playoffs. And I think all that's true. Denver is so good at home. You wonder, like, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna see them in a conference finals, which you you hope, you know, if both teams like follow their path, you'll meet up in the conference finals. Maybe maybe in that conference finals, home court really does matter a little bit. Well, and then that's the other question, though, that I have to your exact point. Both teams are eighteen and three at home. Like, right. I think one of the underrated milestones of and like hallmarks of truly great team that we're we're kind of blowing past. And in fairness to us. So much happened so quickly. Right. It's not like this was a, you know, to to quote Zach Kleiman, success isn't linear. It's like it felt like well, all this just came at once. But they're as good of a a home team as as you would expect out of great NBA teams. No, I, they're you know they are 
they are a top three or four. I mean, record-wise, they're a top three or four team, but I think in substance, they're a top three yeah. or four te- team in the league right now. And, like, you know, enjoy it. It's not You don't have to wake up surprised every day that, is this real? Are they really this good? No, yeah, they're this good. Which doesn't guarantee you an ultimate outcome because there are some other teams that are that good too, but but not not very many. Well, I think that's kind of been the bigger struggle is, you know, I don't know why it is in the NBA that it's more difficult to contextualize. I think my working theory is, in the end, it, like we created whether or not it started with Jordan or whether or not it started in the golden age of the take era, like 2005 through 2010, everything became a ring culture in the NBA, and everything became about championships. It does, I don't know, like, I feel like it's just now, I don't want to say, like, just fast forward me to the playoffs, but it's like, that is, in the end, like, what's going to matter. That's what's going to define them. Sure, but, like, let's say the Grizzlies, like, you know, lose in seven games in the second round or whatever. Lost in six games in the second round. It's another competitive, yes. Whatever does that make last night less fun? Do you have to you do you go back retro- retroactively and take away the fun you had watching that game last night? I, I, I this is why I, I I you know I'm not someone who's like obsessing over what the last page of the mystery novel is going to be every page I'm reading along the way. You know I, I I think these games are fun as much as people want to diminish the regular season of NBA basketball. Talk to any Grizzlies fan. Like, any Grizzlies fan, look in the mirror. Have you been enjoying this? Like, well, you know, as is, someone who's is your joy had, less meaningful because, you know, the outcome, you don't know what it's going to be at the end? I think is there's also maybe an element of you don't know how to process this type of good. Right. Because as someone who was a season ticket holder during Baroni Ball, when I still will go to the grave, he's like the third most effective Grizzlies coach <laughs> because his job was to lose – but lose in an entertaining fashion. That's right. Mission and he, accomplished. And he did so. Like he was, <laughs> right. he was an effective coach. I don't know if he was a winning coach. In fact, I know he wasn't. But it almost feels like they're normalizing blowouts. <laughs> and like, well, there is that. And and that so, that's one of the funny subplots, and this is the drama I've been begging lately because I keep. I'm someone who consumes a lot of national NBA media, both written and podcasts and the whole thing. And I'm not subtweeting any one person. I'm subtweeting like seven different people. I keep constantly hearing the. You know, Jaron Jaron's been great defensively, but he's you know he's only averaging twenty six minutes a game because of these silly fouls. He's got to quit with the silly fouls. That is not why he's averaging twenty six minutes a game. He played twenty six minutes last night with zero fouls. It's because a they don't play anybody a lot. They play a ten man rotation. They stick to it, and then on top of that, they blow. They're having all these blowouts. John Morant leads the Grizzly leads the Grizzlies in minutes per game. He is 74th in the NBA in minutes per game behind, like, Kelly Oubre and Gordon Hayward and all kinds of other Charlotte Hornets, right? And so so miss me with the, like, I don't know if we can give Jaron this accolade or this accolade because he's only averaging so many minutes. What, you, you want them to play worse so they, so, so, so they have to play more minutes? I've always found that fascinating. It's like, where is the epicenter of the, like, talking about the NBA machine or the, right. the media machine, it's like someone says it, it becomes fact. Because it was true once upon a it time. It was true. Yes. But then people are acting like it's been true ever since. It's like, no, there's... There there have been two games this season where his early quote-unquote foul trouble altered his rotation in a meaningful and way. And they were high profile. They were both on national television. Yeah. And that is why. I thought Shaq made an interesting point, and and maybe like in the end like it'll, it'll take care of itself. It does seem like Josh is not high enough in the NBA con- or in the MVP conversation right now. Uh, I don't know. I, that's a good question to see. I mean, 
at one point I thought early in the season, like he's got a real path to win this because if the Grizzlies finish, yes, if the Grizzlies win the West, he's probably going to be the MVP. He's the clear, he is the clear award winner on a I, quote unquote best team. I don't think that's true anymore. I think it still could be true, but I don't have anywhere close to the faith of like, well, if the Grizzlies finish first and he's the same season as last year, he'll probably be the MVP because there are so many players doing crazy stuff every night. And you look at what Jokic does every night, what Tatum does every night, what what um, well Durant Durant I think probably not because of the, some of the missed game stuff. But I mean, Luca, yeah, Luca. So you look at Luca, Jokic, and Tatum. Um, I just I mean the what, the numbers they are putting up are, are stupid, and in the context two of two of the three of like at the top of their conference. And so you know if the Grizzlies finish a game ahead of Denver at the end is. Is Morant going to get it over Jokic when Jokic's numbers and his production are, are frankly better? Could like ja, as good as Jaws are, they're not. They're not at that level. Could Ja get the like a Steve Nash MVP where people get bored? Yeah, no, you know I, I, I mean? think I think that that would work against Jokic. I, I think the the other thing was the Carl Malone. I think it's right. really the officially the Carl Malone. Well, but. the problem with Ja is that yes, so many so many players putting up crazy numbers every night. He's one of them, but yeah, so many of them. And then he's just not. I know he had like the big highlight block or whatever. When you when you start factoring in defense and like sort of that total impact stuff, and you compare him to like a Tatum and 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 so you know I don't know. I think he's got a path, and I think I think he could. I think he probably right now is sort of starting to rise a little bit. But I don't think like if Tim Bontemps did the MVP straw poll today, like John's not going to finish first in that. I think Jokic is. Well, I think the other aspect of it is. How often does the MVP of the league not start an All-Star game? Because it does seem like unless... Yeah, that's, that's uh, a good um, point, too. He's not going to start the All-Star game. I mean, unless someone gets hurt, you know what I mean? Like, But it seems like he's going to clearly be on the All-Star team. Right. But to me, like that's actually... Of the things that bother me, and it's a very big <laughs> asterisk of how much... It, it does not impact my daily. But I do think if you're sitting here with a team that has the third best record in the league, and they have been as dominant as they are, I find it hard to believe that team doesn't have more than one all-star. That is kind of a, something that does well, that's, kind of that's bother be an interesting conversation. I mean, but there's not a clear, there's not a clear well, candidate. That's because, that's because of Jaron has played 27 games at, at this point out of 43. They're 30 and 13. Yeah. So out of 43 games, he's only played 27. And out of 43 games, I think Desmond Baines only played 23. Yeah. Well, now you look at the front court, like Zion's missed plenty of games, and Paul George has missed games, and like, you know, Anthony Davis has missed games. And I think that's going to be Desmond Baines not going to make the All Star team. But in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr., when you get to like the last forward picked for the All Star game, I think that's going to be an interesting conversation. And I think he should be in that conversation. So we were trying to, Mark and I were discussing this. Would it be better or worse for Jaron to have Taylor Jenkins be the head coach? Because doesn't Taylor kind of give vibes of I don't want to make it look like I'm playing favorites for my own guy? Well, isn't, well, isn't it coach selection? I thought. Well, coach is selection. Yeah, coach is writ large. It's not. The, it's not the one coach. He doesn't pick the reserves. The coaches vote on the reserves. Coaches to- yeah. in total. So I don't think that that's going to matter. Well, much. and like I said, in the end, like Greg Popovich took his own player and made him an Olympian. 
right. in Keldon Johnson. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, eh, who cares? I feel like the odds are going to be against Jaron because of the games missed and because a lot of times the fan vote will impact that stuff a little bit. It definitely impacts it if there are injury replacements. And Jaron's going to be behind in the vote to, like, to Anthony Davis and Paul George and some of those other guys. In the end, like, I don't know. I- I've always felt like the All-Star game's too big of a resume line considering how many, like, when you, when you really consider the makeup and the construction of it, the fact that it becomes an, a, a resume line, I, I'm not a big fan of. Well, the but, fact that it's a midseason thing, you know, is it, sort of the interesting thing is there are 24 players will be on the All Star team, 15 will be on the All NBA team. Yeah. That's the. That, Jaron might have a better chance to make All NBA than All Star. That was kind of my thought. It's like when you, because in the end, they still make the distinction with center, correct? I don't know NBA. about that. My, my point was going to be that the game's missed thing, if he stays healthy, will mean less at the end of yeah, the season, the end of the than, season. It, than it does now. No, like it, it's, it was fascinating. It's like you can make a case where if Jaron just stays healthy the rest of the way, his numbers are going to be overwhelming that he's going to have a legitimate case, not only to be an all-NBA, but it's like I haven't. I could see an outside shot where he makes first team. I mean, his defensive numbers are overwhelming, and his team impact numbers are overwhelming. Yes, his box score stat line is not, and it's that's gonna be an interesting case. I think the people who vote on this stuff have gotten a lot smarter about it over the years. It's no longer like who averages twenty points, but he's gonna he's averaging like seventeen and eight or seventeen and seven. That is not like all NBA stat line in the old sense of yeah. like the way we used to talk about it and think about it. But his defensive numbers are overwhelming, and his impact numbers in terms of the plus-minus and all that kind of stuff is overwhelming. And it's sort of like how many voters are looking at that, how many voters are like who's averaging 20 points. Well, it's it's kind of like the the James Harden problem. Like when, when the Rockets turn to Harden and the usage rate goes just through the roof and he has these just overwhelming numbers, it's kind of the same thing that we're seeing with Luka. It's like, right. well, how do you contextualize this between greatness and just the fact that it's – they're literally playing through one guy. No, Lucas' season is very similar to the MVP Harden and Westbrook seasons. Yeah. Now, I think he is certainly a better player than Westbrook was then. You could argue the Harden thing. But in the sense of being overwhelming usage on a team that's going to finish fourth in the conference right. and just putting up these crazy stat lines, I don't think I don't think Luka's going to win MVP unless Dallas really shoots up. I think that's probably fair because in the end, like the other thing with the Westbrook year was there really wasn't a clear – that's like, right. You know what I mean? It was like, a little bit of a void. It was it was kind of the seas parted for like it was the perfect opportunity. He wasn't for looking him. at the level of competition yes. guys are looking at this season. Yeah, one hundred percent true. Anything else fascinate you from yesterday? You know, no, not really. I, it was a great game, one of the best games of the year, fun wise. Not one of the, as much as the as fun as the blowouts are. I kind of like some more nail biters. Like the, it was, you sort of feel something playoff intensity <laughs> yeah. that you want. That sort of that tension with five minutes to go, like I, I do miss that a little bit. I and so like you know it's, th- those are more fun when when you win, but but I but they, they maybe are the most fun when you win when you win that kind of game. And I think they could use they could use some reps in that kind of those kind of games. We have not had many of those this season. The blowouts are fun, like when we had them in the playoffs, like the. The Timberwolves blow out after you kind of had a, a mini freak out of like, oh, is this going to be bad? Like the the the, the turnaround, like the, that was the reassuring. And then obviously just blowing out the Warriors. I mean, some just, of these games I've had last night's an illustration. The, the way the media seating is set up now, we have one seat down on the floor. Yeah. Whoever's writing the game story, which most of the time is Drew, sits in that seat. I'll be in that seat tomorrow night, but most of the time it's Drew. And so I'm sitting up top. And so when you're down low, like you're stuck there until the game's over. You should be. But up top, like, you know, there's four minutes to go and, like, the game's over. I'm packing up my stuff yeah. and walking down the media Always, room, yeah. right? So I'm not, like, 
you know, it's not the kind of game where you're just you're on the edge of your seat till the final final buzzer, and those are kind of fun too. So I'd like to have some of those. There's just something about that kind of like when you watch the the thrilling end that the feeling that you get. Like it, it'd be nice to feel that once upon a time. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.